Welcome to Winning from Trichotillomania, a podcast inspiration series that is proudly offered to you by Getting Better. Have you ever wondered or thought of the act of pulling out hair as, well, maybe just a little strange? Because how can it be that you do something that you no longer want to do? Now, here is our invitation. Simply change the word strange into fascinating. It's just one word, but may open the door to new learnings and understandings that can help you change your life and take it to a whole new level. And now, here is your host for this show and the founder of TreatmentForTrichotillomania.com, Rick Von Bostelar. Hi, Rick here, and welcome to our podcast inspiration series called Winning from Trichotillomania. And in this new episode, which is called What Learning to Stop with Hair Pulling is Really All About, with the emphasis on two words, learning and really, you're going to listen to an interview that I recently did with Paul. Now, Paul is not his real first name. You will hear that in just a moment. He's from another country. But Paul used to struggle with trichotillomania for 11 years. He used to pull out his eyebrows. And uh, so then we started to help him. And then many months later, he shared, you know, he was doing amazing. And he also shared with me pictures from before and after. And when I saw that, you could see the transformation. It was it was amazing, right, on the outside. But then I started to speak to him and then he shared, you know, things that also, you know, changed for him internally and how that had carried forward unexpectedly in a very positive way in many areas of his life. And I thought it was amazing. And so I asked him if he was willing to do an interview where we would discuss this in more detail. So others who are still struggling with this behavior could hopefully benefit from that. And and he gladly agreed to that. So this is the episode. And let me just share some of the things, some of the topics that you will uh, learn more of in this episode. First off, Paul will explain the impact this behavior had on him before that went beyond appearance. And um, also, I will explain myself why we're often not born, but what I call rather conditioned into behavior, how that actually works with real life examples, but also why you cannot really hide this behavior called trichotillomania towards others. A lot of people try to do that, but I will explain how others may pick this up, not necessarily that you pull, but that something is happening and the impact this has on relationships with other people, right? And I think that's really important to realize. Now, also, why telling yourself as an approach, you know, to stop, why telling yourself to not pull does not work. Maybe you've tried it, maybe you haven't, but why that doesn't work and how to actually do that differently and how we help people with that. Now, also what's at the core, right? So at the core of this behavior, and if you if you want to find an approach, if you want to find an approach that will help you to, you know, unlearn what you kind of have learned over the years, You need to understand what's at the core, right? And we will address that in more detail. Now, also Paul shares something that I apparently told him at the start. You know, before he went through our programs, I told him something personally and he really resonated with this and it really helped him. And so I think that's wonderful. And we call that out and hopefully it will help you as well. And then also we will, you know, address the topic that's called focus on outside you know, things happening outside of you and focus on the inside in you. And so this is elaborating on a blog post that I wrote many years ago with the title Trichotillomania Course or Result. So is trichotillomania where it starts 
or is it the end result with how we're able to go through our days? And I will explain more of that in this episode for you. Now, then also we will address, of course, because that's the title of this episode, what learning to stop with hair pulling is really all about at its core, right? And then finally, we'll finish it off with some key insights, both from Paul on now his experience of becoming free from this, but also my own experience after many years of having helped a lot of people in many countries, what is actually required for change if you need help as well. So I hope you will find it inspirational. I hope uh, you will get you know great benefit from it. And if you need any support or if you want to elaborate on some of the topics that we address, please reach out to us at treatmentfortrichotillomania.com and we will gladly help you where we can. So that's what you're about to listen to, what learning to stop with hair pulling is really all about. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, here it comes, the interview I recently did with Paul. All good wishes for now and enjoy this interview. Hi, Paul, uh, on the other side of this planet. Thank Hi, you so Rick. much for uh, for joining in and uh, sharing your experience. Now, this started by you, and, and I want to explain, right, Paul is not your first name. I asked you to come up with an alternative name because it's not about the name that's to protect your privacy. I think anyone would, ni- would like that. But it's to um, hear from you, you know, what you went through before you contacted us and also the process on learning to take back control from this behavior. And so... I have some basic questions that I'd like to go through. Would it be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and it all started by you sharing, you know, your wonderful pictures because you were struggling for, and I wrote it down, 11 years where you were pulling your eyebrows, right? And then and then you reached out. And I know you now have wonderful eyebrows because I saw that in the pictures. I can see that now, but it used to be different. So um, can you share a little bit on how, um, you know, how this was before you contacted us, the 11 years before, struggling with this behavior and the things you went through leading up to reaching out for for help yeah definitely thanks rick so uh i've been struggling for a very long time um previously uh the very first time it occurred was at the end of high school i don't know how it happened but i one day felt the urge to just do it and then over time it got worse and worse um in the beginning in the beginning, it started off with just pulling a couple hairs here and there, I guess, uh, out of because of stress relief. And then after a while, it started to become a very uh, constant thing that was it gradually took over. And I just uh, in, uh, rather than only just pulling, also, I was also furrowing my eyebrows quite a lot until the point where there was just it, it became like it was it was very um like you would it, like some people would actually ask me if i took a razor to my eyebrows and just shaved it off and i had to um i was embarrassed but i had to just tell them oh it was just it was just for fun it was just a, a funny joke that um happened over the weekend or something like that and um and I would always constantly come up with excuses uh, throughout um, my uh, study life as well. When I was studying at college, um, people would uh, obviously they would notice, especially when they would look at my face. 
I could see their eyes darting towards the top of my forehead or, or to my to my eyebrow level. And of course, I tried to brush it off. I tried to turn my, my head away so they wouldn't stare at it. And then I'd try and change the subject or try and focus on something else to take their mind off it. But I, I would always notice people staring at my eyebrows. And of course, um, like I said, I'd have to come up with excuses um, if it was like, oh, because I, I was just stressed out and I rubbed my, my eyebrows a lot, or it was just some kind of joke. And it was unfortunate because covering it up really did affect my confidence levels. And it made it hard for me to be social and make friends with people. Um, I found it hard to, even though people would, would come up to me and approach me and want to be friends, um, I always felt this constant urge to to prevent people from getting too close to me because um, out of sheer embarrassment, I just mm-hmm. felt that judgment would always come back to me. So, yeah, that it was a constant thing uh, throughout my life, especially um, throughout my dating life as well, just having uh, a relationship. Um, obviously... The, the, the person that I was with, they wouldn't bring it up as often. They'd be used to it. Um, they would tell me to stop rubbing my eyebrows. Uh, but of course, it still affected my confidence levels. Um, and it did, of course, just um, lead me to shy away from actively um, seeking out friendships. And of, of course, as well, uh, um, standing out in, in groups, uh, I guess uh, maybe even preventing me from taking up leadership roles at work because I felt like it would put me in the spotlight. So yes, it's definitely been a very long journey for me uh, up until this point, and I'm very thankful uh, to you, Rick, that it's <laughs> it's I, I finally overcame it. So um, yeah, I just want to say to to everyone else that um, yeah, I can understand that that this this sort of thing is. Is, is very hard. Um, it's not just uh, what, what what people see on the outside, of course, it affects how you are on the inside. Um, it, it can make you depressed. It can make you feel like um, you're not good enough. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the past 11 years, uh, the, yeah, it's, it was tough having to deal with, with this thing. I feel like it was uh, definitely a very... Uh, constant thing and a constant battle to um, to suppress. Yep. You wrote it down, as far as I'm concerned, so strongly, um, and I wrote it down because I went back to uh, when you contacted me and you said, I want a life without self-doubt, you know, um, that I have due to my appearance and improve my self-esteem and self-worth, right? And so you just mentioned all those things that are, you know, in your mind, right? As people look at you, right? So um, now I know having struggled in my own life, and, and I think we're all growth in becoming, right? I think we can all grow and become better, not to compete with others, but to do better for ourselves, right? And, and sometimes we, you can do it on our own, and sometimes we just need the support of others to teach us, right? Now. That process that we go through to decide, you know, enough is enough is a very important process. But I've had situations in my life where it actually took 10 years before I committed myself to say, you know, enough is enough. And that's the turning point, right? This is where 
where change actually starts. So what was it, if you reflect back on before you contacted us, that, you know, helped you to achieve that point that you said, you know, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to ask for support. What was it that made you do so? Well, at the time, um, uh, working in, in, in sales, uh, sales especially with, with talking to people, um, even if it's just telephone sales, uh, people can hear if you're confident in what you say. Of course, um, to, sell, to, to sell to someone, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in what you say as well. And yeah. that sort of turning point, um, it made me feel like it's something that I'd really need to overcome in order to 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 be confident in in talking to other people and of course um getting other people to buy from me is so important you know to build that trust people won't buy from you if they don't trust you if, if they don't trust that you believe in what you say um so definitely at the time that i was seeking out help for trichotillomania um this was one of the main sort of things that pushed me in order to to look for help and uh, I was looking around the internet. I was looking all over the place, trying to figure out, um, yeah, where, where I could find help. Of course, there was articles on the internet, uh, you know, saying, oh, um, there's support groups. Um, there's people who have tried all different types of techniques in order to stop themselves, like, um, of course. But um, uh, yeah, that was the one of the main turning points for me mm -hmm. is was to actually do better at my job and and um yeah i wouldn't be able to to sort of be where i am without overcoming that i feel well what about um in your personal life um what someone once said you know we receive back what we give right and so um i know for a lot of people this is one of the biggest secrets that they carry around in their life right out of shame and so if it if it makes you doubt yourself when people watch you, if it makes you pull back, which you shared, you know, up front, how did that play out also for wanting to make a change in your personal life beyond you know, what you just shared in your work, that self-confidence is something that another people, that another person will experience. Yeah. Um, but what about in your personal life? Because I know that was important for you as well with dating. Definitely. Yeah. Especially with dating. Um, uh, after my last relationship ended, I was trying to put myself out, of course, in the market in, in ways, of course, searching for someone that would be, uh, want to be in a relationship with me. Um, but I always felt the urge to pull back because um, I knew, uh, like, I would try for a little bit and then I'd pull back again and then try again and then pull back. Um, but I'd always feel that my confidence wasn't there enough to 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 want to to put myself out there and and, and be with somebody um and i feel yeah. like that person if they were to you know want to start to date me i feel like um in, i guess in in love like like they they say you should be uh like you should love yourself first before you know you can love another person and at the time i was trying to seek that out from someone else but at the time i didn't really love myself i didn't really feel like mm. i loved the person i was because of the fact that i had that problem with my mm. with my eyebrows and um yeah i uh, that was definitely yeah just 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 
being able to date someone, uh, it wasn't something that I could imagine would be possible at that stage, at uh, that that time. Um, and it was really hard for me to 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 do anything about it. I'd, I'd have my friends push me, saying, "Oh, why don't you go? Why don't you go meet someone? Why don't you do this?" And obviously, I'd say, "Yeah, I know. Of course, I can." But on the inside, I just felt in myself, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't confident enough to do it, to do that yet. Um, so, what, yeah. what about what about this, Paul? So, um, because I've been doing this for so many years, I know that when people experience more anxiety, more stress, it often when they still struggle with this behavior, triggers more of the behavior itself, right? And so. Um, what I know through experience also in my own life is that when we are hyper anxious or more, you know, over anxious or more stressed than normally, uh, it not only triggers the behavior, but we often can respond in ways that we regret later on to loved ones, right? People around us that we may, you know, take it out on them, snap at them, and it wasn't our intention and it had nothing to do with them. Um, is that something that you experience that you either uh, pulled back instead of you know going full on in a relationship, or uh, that you responded in ways that instead of building unintendedly um, hurted the relationship between yeah, the two of you? Definitely, I, w I would do things or say things that would detract from them wanting to to be with me to to sort of push people away. Um, I definitely felt that. In my past relationships especially when they were ending um i guess in my last two i didn't even bother to to try and fix things i, I would you know i would if it was going to end I, I let it because i felt like i wasn't good enough i felt like oh mm. of course it was going to happen anyway it was this was going to happen because um it was just yeah it was just an issue <laughs> of um uh, of wanting to pull away from somebody because obviously in my own self I wasn't confident I wasn't I wasn't good enough so yeah, yeah. and then yeah. my experience is that then unintendedly the other person will pick that up right so I often play this you know role play that I say you know ask me how I'm doing right so just ask me hey hey Rick how are you doing how are you doing Rick <laughs> I'm fantastic thank you Paul now ask it again how are you doing Rick um, I'm fantastic. Thank you. Now, I said the same thing content-wise, right? Same yes. words that I use. But did the second example have a different meaning for you as the receiver of the information compared to the first example? Yeah, the second one, of course, it didn't sound true to, to it didn't sound how right. you felt. And, no. and so... I've I've done trainings in the past how how we as the receiver of communication give meaning to things right and it's the the words is only very small content or a very small part sorry um, but it's the intonation it's the way we hold our bodies and when we go into a state of being anxious or stressed or sad right we do that unintendedly right we change our body we change our vo the way we use our voice right and that's what the other person will pick up so i may say you know i'm doing great but you may give you know a meaning to that like it's it's the complete opposite for him apparently with the way he says it right yeah and so a lot of people that what i've learned is then that, that they think they can try to hide doing the behavior right so i go into a closet and so they can't see me doing it but we take ourselves when we come out of the closet 
to everyone we meet, right? And then yeah. unintendedly, unconsciously, when we go into a certain state, these things happen and that's how people pick it up, right? And that's how we get more of what we give, either positive or negative. And th that's not to say, you know, that's intended, but that's, mm -hmm. that is the way it works, right? And that's what I've, you know, learned in the past in my own life, by struggling and learning. And so now, so you went through that all, but then I think, um, it takes strength in order to reach out and say, please help, right? Because I wouldn't say I'm the best person to ask for help. Um, I went into a training and then we had to come up with names and I called myself Strong Horse and that sounded great. But the problem was that I always had great difficulty to ask for help, right? Because I'm conditioned in a way that I initially think I can do it on my own, right? But sometimes I can't, right? So mm. I'm better now at that than I used to. I'm probably not the best on planet Earth, but I'm better that I'm you know, quicker to ask for help that I say, I can't do this, you know, I need help, right? I've, I've tried it, this doesn't work. So I, I know and I believe that it takes courage and strength in order to reach out and ask for help. What, what was it that allowed you to do so this time? When you contacted me eight months ago to say, hey, this is me and can you help? Actually, it's it's funny, Yasa, um, because at the time when I was searching, I was, I was really trying to see um yeah if, if if there was someone out there who i guess who knew more than me about this or, or knew something that i didn't know um and luckily i came across your podcast actually on spotify i was uh yeah i was searching <laughs> and uh i tried i typed in church Tillamania on spotify and i found your podcast and then i started listening to it and and i could hear what you were saying and, and hear how you're telling people, you know, this is how you can improve. This is what you can do to get better. And I feel like that gave me strength. I feel like words of encouragement from someone else mm -hmm. just gave me, I guess, the drive to, to, to want to do something about it as well. Um, yeah. So an important thing that I'd like to, you trigger this in me right now, right? An important thing that I'd like to address, and I wrote a blog post about this many years ago with the question, trichotillomania and then course or result, right? So is trichotillomania the course or the end result with our with the way we are able to go through our days? Now, what would you say? Is it the course or the end result? Of course, it's the end result. So... If I would summarize from my own experience um, what it is to help you and others, that's to help you take better care of you, right? <laughs> and I think we we can all improve in that, you know, in that area, all of us, right? Yeah. But then it's, you know, what are the specific patterns that run subconsciously for trichotillomania, which is just a made up name, right? To take better care of you, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so listening to that helped you and then, and then you did. Now, um, what was your experience? Because then uh, I explained to you, you know, um, the way it works and that we have programs nowadays that are a combination of both online and personal assistants or a personal assistant and online. Yeah. And to me, they're much better than than either one or the other. Uh, for many years, I did just personal assistance uh, with people. But then I learned that you can also learn, you know, by people who have recorded themselves. But I also experienced that it's nice to reach out to a personal you know, to a person when you need help, right? Uh, instead of just watching recordings that you, and so I learned through experience that the combination of both personal and online is actually the best of both worlds. 
yeah. and so and then and I explained it all and then and then you then you started right and I remember that you pulled three times a day then it went up to five times a day when you reached out and then you yeah. went through the programs right now tell me what was your experience uh, by going through that and when did you start to notice a change in your behavior for the first time I think when you said um don't think of this as as a problem or don't think of this as 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 something that um you know it is a problem for you like tr it, it, the eyebrow rubbing is it, it means there's something wrong with you it doesn't it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you and i feel like when you said that it kind of relieved me it kind of made me feel there's nothing wrong with me you know um it's just it's just something that i do i guess it's just a habit i guess and can I, I say something about that because yeah. i think that's important for anyone who may listen to this at one time yeah it's my experience out of shame that people because they try to fight this on their own then they think there's something wrong with me but if i would generalize and i would say is there or has there been a situation where you were holding yourself back to anyone on this planet including myself then with both hands on my heart i have to say yes that's true for me right and i think any person would say yes sometimes we don't understand it. For example, procrastination. I'm sure any person on this planet sooner or later will do it one day, right? They tell yeah. themselves I'm going to do it and they don't, right? And so the, so it's not always the mind that's, that's in control. It's what's running subconsciously, all those patterns that will decide in the moment itself. So, so, my, so everyone, as far as I'm concerned, who's still struggling with this is okay. You're a wonderful person, you're growth in becoming, that's true for anyone, but sometimes we're holding ourselves back. And then it's not, you know, just telling yourself. Another example is that I went on a tour training where people learn to do public speaking and it was all about learning skills, right? So how to hold your body, um, technical skills, which is great. But one of the students went into panic mode, right? When mm -hmm. he had to stand in front of an audience. Now, and I've had that in the past as well. When you then go blank, then you can't access, you know, the skills. And then you don't know what to say when you're in front of an audience, right? And that doesn't happen consciously because the person wants to go into the stage and wants to tell his or her story. But as soon as they're there, they will trigger something inside and then unconsciously they feel suddenly panic, right? And so then we're fighting ourselves and then others can tell us come on you can do it but it doesn't work like that then 30 minutes later when we cool down and uh, then we're neutral again and then we say why did it happen right but that's just an example how any person because public speaking is a is something that a lot of people you know are scared of once they have to do it um is something that everyone i think can relate to that that can happen that as an example where we may hold ourselves back unconsciously in the moment itself right and so, but then another example, because I used to have that, they can feel wonderful when talking to a friend mm -hmm. or talking to a relative, right? So they don't have to learn how to feel differently because they feel the wrong feelings or limiting feelings when they're standing in front of an audience, for example, on a stage. But if you would be able to help them, which is what we do, for example, in the programs, to feel the same as they talk to a friend, where they feel cool when they're in front of that audience subconsciously, then they come from a different, you know, feeling, right? And yeah. so often we think, you know, if I tell myself it will happen, but procrastination is an example that it doesn't, right? <laughs> and so then there may be something that is holding ourselves back with the way we think about ourselves at times, right? Mm. And and 
And it's not that we're born with it, but often we're conditioned into it, right? With what we've heard, what we've experienced, and how the mind works. So yeah. coming back to the question that I asked, when did you start to f experience the first changes in your behavior? And how was that to experience that after 11 years? I think when I was in my mind visualizing myself just not doing it anymore, um, that was really when it strongly just it's it begin the changes i begun the changes i think i constantly with your your exercises which it 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 gradually opened me up to to realizing that it's in with it's within myself i can make these changes of course um with your help as well with outside help um i can make these changes but in order for it to happen i have to put the the, the effort in within i guess focusing within my own mind to make the changes um and that's when i started to realize the only the only way it will happen is if i in my own mind realize that um yeah this is it, it it's possible it's it's possible to change if i just see myself not doing <laughs> it anymore i guess yeah that's a powerful belief right that's yeah. where change starts right yeah. if you ask me to come over to your country and i believe i can i will probably take action if i believe i can't i will stay where i am and now there may be two people um one person may think he or she can and the other person may believe he or she can't and then i ask the question who's right right and mm. what would be your answer yep <laughs> i guess you're right you know yeah, because you believe that I can come over to your country. But I would say mm. both are right because oh, we live our beliefs, right? So yeah. the person who believes he or she can will take action and the person who believes he or she can't will not and then say, you see, I was right in the first place. Yeah. And and often nine out of ten times beliefs, for example, have nothing to do with, with you know, a truth like, you know, we're both male and someone else can be a female. But personal beliefs that feel like truth, but have nothing to do with truth, things that we're conditioned into, right? Like whether you're good or bad, whether you can do something or not, yeah. whether you are entitled to do that role, right? And, yeah. uh, and, and this is something that's, that is a foundation that we also help, in, help with in the programs to help you change limiting beliefs that indirectly lead to pulling, more anxious feelings to pulling, to change them into more empowering uh, ones, right? Now, so... Um, it, it's fun actually How was oh it's, yeah, fu it's funny you said that rick because um not only has this helped me with my eyebrow rubbing it's actually like it's actually uh taken away the limiting beliefs that i have in 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 especially with with now going out and seeing people i don't focus on whether or not the other person likes me it's um it's it's i guess it's all about how i feel in a way and also right. just in, in work as well um just looking for um just progressing in my career you know just not thinking like oh, i can't do this job because you know i don't have um i don't have the experience i don't have the skills i still go for it anyway because in my own mind i feel like i can do it um so i feel like this this has definitely changed not just not just one aspect of my life but a whole uh variety of things for me as well so yeah it's, it's... I it's great. I'm not sure whether I said it to you when you, before you started, but I often say that it's a negative, the reason why you contact us, right? Because you want to get rid of this behavior and the impact that it has on your life. But I often also say that 
the hidden present is that you will learn things that you probably wouldn't learn otherwise that can help you to more enjoy and better succeed in other areas of your life because we take ourselves wherever we go right and so self-esteem the way we feel about ourselves deep down inside always comes through at work in relationships right and so that's just a wonderful thing to hear now how and and how would you describe the assistance to to go through the problem because i told you uh, there will be a lot of theory and there was right yeah <laughs> but the change will happen by helping you do exercise that will help you repattern those subconscious processes, right? Like, you know, beliefs that we have, like I'm a good person, right? Or, for example, I was always conditioned that, you know, you have to do this and then you're ready, right? By my father who loves me and uh, who loved me, he passed away, unfortunately. But um, and, and, and with great love and intention, but he always said, if you do this, you know, then, right? And so I always struggled that I never felt that I was ready to do what I really wanted to do. I still had to do something else before I could start. And when I took that you know, away, when I took care of that, then my mind went, no, now you have to do something else. And then I realized the pattern that I was in. This was a never ending cycle, right? And then I became, um, I reached a point where I wanted to change and I reached out for help and then I learned how to change limiting beliefs, right? And then I learned how to you know, feel that today is the right moment to make the change, right? Yeah. And this is actually a very powerful thing because then you can take the steps. So, but the essence is that that I promise you it will be the exercise that will help you, you know, make the change. It's a, it's it's practical assistance, right? Although the theory is nice, uh, it's the, it's doing the the exercise and then to do them correctly for you. How was that for you, right? I think that um, yeah, like like you said, in in order to 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 make the changes happen. Um, it's all well and good to watch videos and 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 read and and of course um, you know write down notes maybe, but in order for it to, you have to put the effort in and I feel like um, it, it the most important thing is for you to make is is to action it. Um, for me, um, yeah, the the changes started to happen when I when I started to do the exercise and started to actually. Right make the like write down okay this is this is this this is this i'm answering these questions yes um but of course nothing would happen if i just read through everything like it would make me feel good for a second but it didn't actually practically it wouldn't actually make any physical changes or any i guess any, any changes within my mind i had to physically or i had to actually do it myself for things to happen so um i had to follow you have to course. work it in order to make it work. Exactly. Right? I had to. I have right. to put the work in. I have to. I had to put the work in. I couldn't right. just sit back and 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 just just think it's it's going to happen by itself. And so you know, the most of our programs, um, you either do one or two exercises, and on average they take ninety minutes, sixty to ninety minutes, and an exercise you can do in two or three minutes, right? But you need the time first in order to learn how to do it. And, um, and and they're broken down in small recordings, right? Five minutes on average, sometimes a little longer, sometimes shorter. Um, how was that? That you could 24 hours a day log in, but also reach out for personal help if needed. Mm. Uh, did you ta feel taken care of, right? Because I think this is very personal uh, and, it, and, and it's important that you do the exercise correctly for you, right? I will show you and I teach you as the lead trainer how to do them. But if you have a question, it's important to talk to a person instead of going through instructions over and over, which will always be the same. So yeah. talk to someone. Was that nice? Yeah, it was good. The, the step by step, um, you know, page by page 
exercises. You finish this first before you go to the next. Obviously, you can't skip steps. So I had to follow each one, but everything was in bite-sized chunks. You know, it wasn't just, oh, do this one thing. It's just every single thing is laid out in bite-sized chunks. So yeah, I felt like that gave me the time in my day to 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 do it uh, without stressing. Oh, I gotta I gotta make this much time for it. Um, there's enough time I needed to do it <laughs> throughout the week. So yeah. Now. Now, looking at you, I know you're okay, right? Because you got beautiful eyebrows again. Um, you, you explained what it does to you, how you, how you, how you think about yourself, how you love yourself, right? Regardless of others, right? And that's what you portray and bring to the world. But if you go back, um, you tried other approaches before as well, right? I think you already addressed them uh, when we started this uh, today's call, but you also shared them in the past with me. Um, what had you tried before, and how was this differently going through our assistance? Um, so before it was all like, um, whenever I would try to rub, um, I think there was some advice on the internet saying, oh, if, whenever you raise your hand to try and rub, just don't do it. <laughs> just put your hand down or, um, it'll be like, I would use, I guess, fidget toys, maybe a fidget spinner, maybe, um, some kind of wristband, I guess, to, to stop myself. Uh, and other times, I think uh, people would say, oh, there was this one thing called N-acetylcysteine, which is sort of like a, um, like a pill that you could take. So um, that that was, I guess, that didn't help at all either. So, yeah. We lost the connection. Let's go back. Um, yeah. You just said, you know, all those approaches that you tried in the past, if I would summarize them, they have a lot to do with trying to consciously control the behavior right but the core of this behavior is running at a subconscious level building up the urge right that that feeling that becomes so overwhelming no one wants that but that automatically happens unconsciously right and then when yeah. it's so strong no matter what you tell yourself then you have to pull so the I, what i would say is the way we do that differently is to help you through exercises address those subconscious patterns right that then lead to pulling so you no longer have to do that how would you describe it in your words how the help that we offer was different to all the things you tried before in your words well the all the methods that i tried was outside of myself outside of i guess my own beliefs uh everything was was external factors that i could probably try to control but nothing was 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 i guess so focused on actually changing the 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 subconscious patterns or the, the subconscious thoughts uh, of 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 these things and um, I think just being able to 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 change the way I thought about myself and and the way that I thought about this condition that I had was the it just clicked it was just the it was just the way um, the way forward in terms of being able to 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 change um, change this 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 problem that i had so right yeah, I, and yeah. and so when i heard the word subconscious or unconscious for the first time it seems like you know foreign but as human beings we do you know the majority of everything that we do we do subconsciously they claim 90 95 percent i don't know how you can measure that but simple examples are you know the blinking of our eyes inhaling and exhaling right or blushing where we don't want to where our cheeks become red and then it becomes more instead of less yeah. Or, or, you know, wanting to feel good, but then going to a stage in front of an audience and start to panic, right? 
or the way we talk to ourselves, which is always quite busy for a lot of us on the inside, right? And that's not always supportive, but sometimes can be very negative, right? And so these are the things how we actually do between brackets behavior, right? And and our focus is to help you change that. So um, now I know you're doing good. I can see that, you know, on the outside, eight months later, beautiful eyes again, feeling better about yourself. um, Also, when you engage with other people, my question is, um, when you reflect, do you think others who are still struggling um, could, you know, benefit from our system as well, that they could learn to become free from this to get back control right is that so because i often say you're not born with this but conditioned into right and then those become patterns right until we learn how to address them and and it starts by becoming aware of the patterns and then through exercise learn to change them and then you know you know change those patterns and as an end result become free from behavior Mm. is that something that others can benefit and learn as well as far as you're concerned most definitely um like like you said for me it was 11 years of this constant pattern of, of this constant habit of rubbing my eyebrows, it was it was nonstop. Um, but I feel like if, if I can change it after that amount of time, anyone can do it. I feel like it's 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 such an innate thing that like this sort of thing, it, of course, it, it's all uh, on the inside. That, But I feel like with, with your assistance, I feel like, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it, you know. This, so, this so thing. what would you yeah. like to say, Paul, to to anyone listening um, who may be struggling, who may be where you used to be, right? What what from your experience, from one person to another, what would you like to say to that person, based on your experience, and all and also all the things in the eleven years before, right? What would you like to share? I think, like I I, I don't think um, this behavior, this this thing that you worry about is is something that should constantly be throughout your life i think this this is something that you can stop and you can make this change and and you'll see improvements uh ripple not through uh, throughout your life uh in all other areas not just not just the habit that you have because it's not just the hair pulling that is the problem it's it's the anxiety it's everything within yourself that is is causing this um so i feel like just from one person to another i feel like um i believe um i can understand that um it can affect your confidence levels it can affect um the way you feel and the way you you react and talk to other people um you're not giving your the hundred percent of yourself that you can offer to the world um and but if 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 you make these changes i feel like um you'll be more true to yourself you'd you be more alive i guess and 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 do the things that you <laughs> want to do yeah right so for me to, to add on to that for me it started you know by becoming curious many years ago about behavior and then going to a first training and learn many things and then discovering that the majority of what we do we do subconsciously finding out more about that investing in myself learning and it's actually a personal development project, right? And, and 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 that's to say that you're already great where you are, right? No matter where you are. That's true as far as I'm concerned for anyone. Yeah. But if we're struggling, if we if we have repeating patterns, right? If there are recurring things where we become over anxious and then that may trigger into the pooling and that continues now for like it used to for 11 years for you. And that's a, then it becomes like a vicious circle. And then it's through loving assistance, learn how to, you know, 
change those patterns, right? To get unstuck, for example, through the breakthrough session, right? Mm -hmm. And then and to learn in a pragmatic way how you can change that. And so to become better for you, right? And not better in terms of competing to others, but better to you, which ultimately is, you know, if we love ourselves, if we think great of ourselves, right? So to change those patterns, right? And, yeah. and it's in the combination that I learned over many years, you know, uh, that others who struggled with hair pulling as well, that I came up with, you know, approaches to address this behavior specifically. So thank you so much. Um, and, and also for allowing to share, you know, um, your yeah. story uh, that they can see the regrowth. Um, I always say, you know, I can't promise any regrowth in terms of physical hair because I'm not a doctor in terms of that I can say that. But I've always been presently surprised, you know, about how bodies are able to recover. Right. And having said that, the sooner you do that, the better. But it's amazing with you. Right. So um, uh, thank you so much. Um and Anything you, else Rick. you want to to share to finish this off? I guess yeah. I just I just in the beginning, you know, everyone said, oh, you know, I can see the change. You know, it it, it can ha if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. And I thought it sounds great, but <laughs> I don't know. I've had it for so long. Is it really that Is it really possible? Right. And yeah. to get to this stage, like I never like in my wildest dreams thought that it could happen. Like I just thought, you know. Oh, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna stop me for a little while and then I'm just gonna go back to it. But it's it's funny, it's just it's 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 here's the proof, you know, like you can see it. <laughs> um and, and I, it, it's it hasn't but, stopped since. Yeah. But more importantly, what I'd like to address is that what you addressed, it's internally how things have changed as well, right? Yeah. Because it's the pulling that's the end result, right? And the whole facilitation is going back to the root cause, which is you, which is me, right? So, <laughs> and it's helping sure. you in a loving way to teach you things. And if we don't know ourselves, then because I learned this from others, who learned it from others, who learned it from others. And then through experience in the initial years working with people who suffered from compulsive forms of behavior, then, you know, many years ago for the first time, I started to work with someone with trichotillomania. And then after seeing more people with trichotillomania and more and more, you start to notice the patterns, right? That that seem to be true for anyone struggling and that are specific for this behavior. And then adjusting it and then offering it, right? And and but it it, it takes two to tango, like you said, right? Yeah. <laughs> it takes you and me, or you know, any so and and that's it. And but we also try to address, you know, to that 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 self-motivation not by telling ourselves i'm motivated but at a subconscious level and so we have you know that's where you started with mm. with the trainings right specifically the addressing that beliefs yeah right yeah so thank you so much i'm so pleased for you um and um thanks Rick. wishing you a wonderful day for now um i will um stop the recording um in just yeah. a moment um, but thank you from the bottom of my heart and, and I hope it will help anyone um, somewhere on this planet, you know, um, that would be amazing as far as I'm concerned, even a yeah. hundred years from now. So thank you so much. All thank you, wishes. Rick. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And we sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode of Winning from Trichotillomania. If you'd like to receive more insights about this topic, simply subscribe to this podcast series so you receive the next episode as soon as we release it. For our free webinar training series and other resources, you can find us at treatmentfortrichotillomania.com.